Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by author Christina Stanton. Christina has a gift that no one wants because she is able to speak from the inside of the two biggest events or, you know, hard events that have happened in the country within the last century, 9-11, and she survived COVID. She survived 9-11 as well, so we're going to be talking to her about her story and uh, what she learned from the ordeal. So, Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Curtis. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, the, my my basic information, I guess, is I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, originally. And I, after going to college, I moved to New York City um, at age 23 in 1993 to uh, try my luck on the Broadway stage. So I wanted to give that a shot. And kind of in the process, I fell in love in New York City and just decided, you know, I'm going to stay here no matter what happens with the acting career. And, you know, it's an expensive city. So I (laughs) had no job resume. And I found out that uh, becoming a licensed New York City tour guide is not a bad way of supporting yourself in the city. And it kind of used my acting skills. So um, to to be a, a tour guide in New York City, you have to pass an exam. And so I took that when I was 25 in 1995. And I've been a tour guide ever since. So at, at one point, I did drop the acting career as fun as it was. I just moved on to other things that ended up being as important to me. And one of those things was being a tour guide. And um, I started off right away giving walking tours of the original World Trade Center site. And so I knew that very well and took thousands of tourists through the original 16 acres and up to the observatory and gosh, down on the mall. And yeah, that was just one of the places in New York City that I knew just super well. And um, I met my husband in 1999 and we still live there. And and, it, you know, it's been kind of a, a kind of a crazy ride with 9-11 pretty much as a backdrop um, about a year and a half after we got married. So, you know, uh, right now, you know, we still live in the financial district. My husband works for a church called Redeemer Presbyterian. I um, did their missions department. I was the director of the missions department for a decade. And, you know, all of our roads pretty much lead back to 9-11, really. So um, whatever's going on in our life now, <laughs> it has some tentacles back in that um, uh, very important time for us. And so I wrote a book about it. I give tours of the 9-11 site. And um, yeah, those are just some things that kind of populate my world nowadays. Okay, we'll start off by telling us uh, y- your ideal with 9-11 and, and, and you, you know, take us through the whole story and, and also how it links back to your life today. Sure. So like I said, tour guide giving uh, tours of the, of the uh, World Trade Center complex. 
And when we got married, my husband and I in 2000, he found an apartment for us in the financial district just six blocks away from the Twin Towers. And at first I was like, wow, that's a strange place to live. I mean, um, it's, a, it's, it's a business district to not really residential. But we had this wonderful 300 square foot terrace that faced the Twin Towers, again, just six blocks away. And, you know, uh, having a private outdoor space is pretty much unheard of for, except for very wealthy and very famous people, neither of which my husband and I are. So I was pretty happy to have that incredible view. And we moved into that apartment July the 7th in 2001. So just two months before the attacks. And that's really kind of where our firsthand account um, takes place is the fact that we are residents of the district where the attacks happened in New York City. So that morning I was asleep and my husband was awake when the first plane hit the North Tower. We're so close to it, it actually shook our building. My husband knew something horrible had happened. He came and, and, and shook me awake and says, something awful has gone on. Let's go to the terrace. And we ran to our terrace and was just watching the flames leap out of each side of the building. And we were just completely shocked. I thought I was having some kind of a nightmare. I wasn't really awake yet. When all of a sudden, over my right-hand shoulder, the second plane came. My husband's done the math. He just about 500 feet above us. It uh, moved in about uh, to a two o'clock or eight o'clock. It just kind of turned a bit. And then it went into the South Tower. And the impact of that plane hitting the South Tower actually blew us back into our apartment and knocked me out on the floor. I woke up with our Boston Terrier jumping on my torso and my husband yelling. So, you know, kind of in a crazed state, I, I remember just kind of hopping up and running out into our lobby floor, remembering what we learn as kids, you know, that you're not supposed to take the elevator. So I ran down the 24 flights. My husband grabbed our dog and ran after me. We ran, we ran down the, the flights. And when we got outside, I, I kind of collected myself a little bit on that run downstairs. And I realized I'm in my pajamas with no shoes on. So we tried to get back into the building and they said, no, we're, we're only using the elevators just for evacuation. And um, But, you know, when we got back outside, I thought no one cares what I am wearing or not wearing. We're in some kind of a crazy, you know, alternative universe. So we walked a couple of blocks down to Battery Park just to, to clear the place where, where uh, you know, debris was, was uh, falling, raining down from the sky and it was there when the Twin Towers came down, which was ended up not being a safe place for us. It, we were covered with dust and debris. We couldn't breathe because the when the when Twin Towers uh, fell down, they crumbled into tiny little pieces. And we couldn't breathe and we couldn't see past about seven or eight feet. And that's where my husband and I said goodbye to each other. And it was a terrible, terrible, horrible kind of realization that, wow, I'm 32 and this is the end. And i um, married a year and a half to my 35 year old husband. And, and that's it. That's, that's, that's the end of that. And, um, but I, we were evacuated by a boat. It was actually the largest boat evacuation in history, which is another kind of interesting story where how bo boats came together to rescue us all because we were trapped down there in Battery Park. And then we didn't get back to our apartment for a couple of weeks for several reasons. We weren't allowed back. And, you know, that just kind of put us down a journey that, um, again, it continues to this day. 
my dog almost died. We found out one of my husband's um, really good fraternity brothers died. And we started suffering PTSD right off the bat. And again, um, you know, it just brought us down a journey that we never thought we'd ever be on. And we're continuing to this day. You know, I, I, I actually interviewed, uh, it was somebody, it was Michael Hinks, and he was actually in the towers and him and his guide dog is seeing our dog. Oh. His dog guided him down all the flights of stairs, and, and they were helping people get out. I actually interviewed him. Oh wow, what a neat well, story! He, yeah, he, he had a, he had an office or meeting in there when when it got hit. So you are. You remember the, what tower or what floor by chance? I think if I remember correctly, uh, it was like the 80th or something like that. He was on the opposite side of the building. He's been on Larry King and. That's oh wow! An amazing story oh, how wow. how his guide dog had helped him get down the. And oh. it's an amazing story that that you have. Well, what kind of effect, uh, you know, mentally, and how have you gotten? Uh, have you gotten any kind of help or anything to try to get over what happened and what you experienced on that day? Such a good question. You know, at thirty two, I you know the the psyche that I had at the time, just my worldview was, it was a happy worldview. It was very much like, I'm going to work for what I want and then I'll get what I want. And that it's all up to me and I'm in control of everything. And I have this wonderful husband and together we're just going to take New York and the world by storm. And I'm going to have, I have a bucket list of things and checking them off and I'll continue to check them off. And, you know, this really kind of punctured that whole outlook on life that, that you're in control, that, um, that it's all about you and, wh and what you want and how hard you work. Because it's kind of, you kind of realize at one point, you know, I'm not really in control. And there, um, it, it's not always a happy world out there. And it was just a, it was a lot to take in at one point. And I did um, got, get, to, I think it was two or three months of not sleeping. And again, my husband and I kind of processed PTSD in different ways. One way was I couldn't sleep and another way was he couldn't stay awake. So um, yes, I did um, get some, um, some therapy that was very helpful just because again, I mean, one thing about therapy and one thing about PTSD is trying to um, make sense of something that was senseless or try to wrap your brain around it. Cause that's when you get into that kind of netherland of, I, I just don't understand life anymore. It just, it's almost like I had to take all the ducks and realign them to, to be able to move forward. And that just did take me a while. Both of us couldn't work for a little while, but I have to say, I did rely on my faith. Um, I, it's a new faith because I really didn't have any at 9-11. And that was, it was, so it kind of birthed a new desire for faith, even just to find out what faith is and what faith means. And so that was a desire that came out of, completely came out of 9-11. And certainly not only was that helpful, but that was something that ended up being very important to my husband and I in life and um, something that was not important at all and not something that that even was a part of our, you know, our courtship. So this was after the marriage and we both uh, kind of went in this one direction of never look back, back but especially when it comes to faith. 
Well, congratulations on accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yes, 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 for sure. You know, and it was really what was what was interesting is is my best friend at the time who I met actually doing an acting gig. Her husband was the pianist for a church. And she told me, she'd always been trying to get me to go to church, um, which I was like, ah, not interested. Good for you. Glad that y'all are having fun. Glad that, you know, you know, you have that in your life, but that's not for me. But what she said to me was, Christina, listen, you're homeless. Um, you're paying lots of money to keep your dog alive in a vet, which, which, we did actually pay a lot to get that dog alive. We should have put the dog down who did end up dying of 9-11 causes eventually. But that was a hard pill to swallow at the time. But she said, people around the world have given money to my church to help people like you. You need to go to my church and you need to tell them, you know, that you need this money because you're a 9-11 victim. And I can't even tell you, Curtis, how uh, how 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 many wrongs I kept saying wrong, wrong, wrong. Like I am not a victim. There are people who are hurt worse than me. I do not need to go to a church that I've never been to and don't belong to. I don't need money. We're going to be fine. We can work. I don't even see a scratch on my body. Oh, there. Yeah, I mean, just it was just like all kinds of wrong. And now that I'm looking back, that it, a lot of that was pride. You know, I had given to money to charity in the past. I had certainly never been a recipient, and it was also kind of hard to wrap my brain around like the idea of survivor or victim. Where do I fit in? You know, in 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 that spectrum, or do I fit in at all? So I was still kind of sorting that out. But you know what I did? I did go to the church and. I'll never forget how they had they had received so much money that they had actually hired social workers to be able to deal with it all. But they handled this so well and so lovingly. And I remember it so very well that it just sparked, I was like, my, an interest in church, in this particular church. I was like, well, that was lovely. That was so dignified and humane. My husband and I started going to church there. And then lo and behold, we started working there. And um, that has been our life ever since. But you know, the interesting thing is that it took an outreach program, kind of when we were at our lowest, to draw us into faith and to point to Christ. And you know what, Curtis? We were not given a hand up. We were given a hand out, but that handout led to a hand up and it led to Christ. And so, um, you know, I know that it's not a popular thing nowadays, you know, handouts versus hand ups, but it worked for us. And it was a tool that God used to draw us to him. Hey, whatever it takes to get the job done. Yes. Let's, let's talk about your ordeal with COVID because you had another, I guess, near death experience. So, Take us through that and, and, and how you made it through that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and equate that with 9-11 because you might have heard that during when the Twin Towers came down, essentially they produced a toxic mixture of all kinds of things from the fuel to concrete to asbestos to sheetrock to 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 human flesh. I mean, you name it, but it's caused over 70 different cancers in people's bodies uh, as a result of breathing in this toxic mess. And we have not been spared from having some health issues related to 9-11. So I remember at the beginning of the year at 2020, 
when there was some loose talk about some virus coming down the pike. Uh, my husband and I remember of something called the World Trade Center Health Registry that monitors our health. And we get a lot of updates um, uh, from that, uh, from that club that we would have preferred never to have been in. <laughs> that one of the updates was, you know, um, if you've if you live through 9-11, you have a compromised immune system and you might want to steer clear of this virus, do what you need to do to get yourself safe. Well, my husband and I live in New York City. We live in the financial district. We've always lived there. And so we kind of took that to heart, saying, hey, you know, we might, we might need to to um to steer clear of this however we can. Well, my husband's job as because of the virus went remote. My job kind of went away as a tour guide. And in the early May, um, I think it was around the 13th, um, we uh, flew down to Florida. We intended to kind of chill out, wait for this thing to pass. That might take a couple of weeks and then we'll just come back and, and um, resume our lives. Well, either we got it in New York and flew down with it, or we got it in the plane flight on the way there, or we got it as soon as we landed. But as soon as we got to Florida, um, we tested positive and I was put in the hospital. And it turns out I was hospitalized twice and told I had a 50% chance of survival. And I, and I still to this day, you know, especially in um, retrospect that I really did barely survive that. It was clear it wasn't my time to go, but it was pretty close. But you know, when I think about that time and in and, and the hospital, both of the times that I was there, when I was very, uh, you know, just, cognizant that this might be, this might be it for me. This might be my last moments. Um, I just remember thinking, I'm just so glad God is with me during this calamity um, in a way that I didn't have access to him, or I didn't believe I had access to him during 9-11. It was kind of a, a, a true um, difference in how I was facing one life-threatening situation and another, and and I, uh, it, it having faith made all the difference. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely glad you made it, and that you're still here with us. Yes, for as long as God wants it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, tell the listeners about your book. Tell us uh, what we can expect when we read it, and where we can get it from. Well, um, uh, yeah, um, just the normal ways to get a book, Amazon or Books a Million or Barnes and Nobles, but it's called Out of the Shadow of 9-11, my 9-11 book. And it really kind of, um, it's, it's told from, like I said, the perspective of a resident of the neighborhood where the attacks uh, took place. And it talks about what it was like to live there before and during and after, what it was like for us that day, all of the, the, the different kind of crazy situations we've found ourselves in. I talk a lot about the boat evacuation um, because I want to recognize the heroes that were a part of that boat evacuation. We had a lot of help that day. We had a lot of people care for us. We had a, a lot of people who extended a helping hand that I recognized there. There was a lot of heroes for me on that day. And I just wanted to put that in there. But I also part put um, in our, our PTSD, what it was, what the city was like after, what it was like for us uh, grappling with um, just the aftermath of what a horrible situation that had been. And then I, 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 we talk about how God met us, how God used the church 
and how God, you know, kind of pu- plugged us into that community that, that ended up becoming very much our life. So that is out of the shot of 9-11. So it's a faith journey and it's also a journey of what 9-11 looked like at the same time. I also wrote another book, Faith in the Face of COVID-19, and that was uh, about, you know, my my fight with COVID, but it has a a lot of uh, things that I held on to during that time, which is gratitude. Being grateful was very important to me at the time, and I noticed that when I cried out to God with gratitude, thank you for these wonderful doctors and thank you for um, somehow I believe that God had us in Florida to be able to survive it. I, I, how just having faith and being able to pray was just such a lifeline. How uh, friends and family um, helped, helped me in the recovery. So how to rely on people, how to have faith and how to uh, be grateful. So there are, there's different things that I mentioned in that book of, you know, when we go through a calamity, what, you know, what we can grasp onto to get us through it. So that was uh, more of, um, facing a calamity with faith and how to sharpen that faith and deepen that faith when you're in the midst of, of something bad going on in your life. So those are the two books. And again, they're, they're on Amazon and, and um, yeah. So um, I, you know, I, one day I'm going to write another book. I actually have plans for another one. This one's going to be a happy one. <laughs> and not that the other two books aren't happy, but this one actually is just going to be the what I'm working on now is just kind of a fun, silly book about being a New York city tour guide, <laughs> a little bit of departure. So, but at any rate, uh, I, w- I, I'm glad that I was able to write my story and those other two books because I love to talk about my walk with Jesus. Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you have any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? So I am, yes, writing a book about my tour guiding experiences. You know, I've been a tour guide since 1995. And there's been some, it's a nutty city. There's been some nutty situations that I've always kind of wanted to put down into paper. Because, you know, I, I, there has never been <laughs> a book about... um about being a tour guide in the city, especially as long as I have. But, you know, I write a lot of articles. And um, you know what? Um, I've been writing a series that um, is all about what I call modern-day faith heroes. You know, there's a lot of people, I don't know about you, but I get inspired by people's stories. And, you know, there's a lot in the news that can really bring us down. And there was a point where I said, I know a lot of people who are just wonderful, who love Jesus, and they are just doing their thing and praising God in their own way. And not not to, you know, ding that we don't want to keep up with politics or what's happening in the world, but I love a good old faith story of somebody who's just living out their faith in such a strong way. So I've written over 50 of those articles about people who inspire me. One that came out uh, yesterday, actually two days ago, in Christian today, about um, an uh, an orphan I met in a South Africa orphanage whose mother twice tried to kill him, and he now his he's finished with medical school and is now working as a resident in a universe uh, a university hospital in KwaZulu Natal, and he just loves Jesus, and I love his story. So um, I write a lot about that um, because it's inspiring to me, and I am assuming that if it's inspiring me, to me, it's inspiring to other people. But if you ever want to keep up with my articles, especially my modern day. Um, 
um, faith hero series. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook. I'm um, Christina Ray, R-A-Y Stanton, author. So um, yes, and I have a website too, where I post them all, ChristinaRayStanton.com. So I love writing. I love, um, uh, it's a creative outlet for me, but I also feel that I want to add something positive out there when there's a lot of negativity out in the news. And I like to feel that, that um, I'm providing something different that, that draws us closer to God instead of, instead of causing strife within each other. Absolutely. So we got ChristinaRayStanton.com. Close us out with some final thoughts. Maybe if that was something I forgot to touch on that you would like to touch on or just any final thoughts you have for the listeners. Hmm. Well, you know, we're mid-year. Um, here we are in 2023, mid-year. And I feel like, yet again, we still have lots of strife and lots of things to to, um, you know, just take over our minds and, and make us fret. And I just love John 16, that says there's going to be suffering. Um, there's going to be tribulation, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And God has, he's got this. He is sovereign. He's got this. And, you know, our the 9-11 anniversary is going to come up soon. And I'm speaking at actually Florida Southern University to the student body. And that's that's my that's my goal is to say, you know, God's got this and God is sovereign over over it all. And we can rest knowing that. Most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, please check out everything that Christina's up to. Check out her books and check out her articles, ChristinaRayStanton.com. If you have any guests or topic suggestions, see Jackson102 at Cox.net is the place to send them. As always, thank you for listening. And Christina, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you for letting me. Thanks, Chris. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.